Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of the Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of original edition by going to jcim.net. Or if you can also link top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can subscribe to receive a daily excellent email, including both the reading for the day as well as the text. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 16, The Forgiveness of Illusions, with Section 4, The Reward of Teaching. The Reward of Teaching. We're also mindful of our lesson today, the last in Review 5, Lesson 180. And like all the rest, it's surrounded with the idea God is but love, and therefore so am I. Today we're reviewing Lesson 169, By Grace I Live, By Grace I Am Released. And Lesson 170, There Is No Cruelty in God and None in Me. And by way of opening this morning, I have the privilege of sharing a poem that I haven't ever shared before um, from Rumi. And it's a very good poem about the rewards of teaching. It goes like this. Forget your life. Forget your life. Say, God is great. Get up. You think you know what time it is? It's time to pray. You've carved so many little figurines. Too many. Don't knock on any random door like a beggar. Reach out your long hand to another door beyond where you go on the street. The street where everyone says, how are you? And no one says, how aren't you? Tomorrow you'll see what you've broken and torn tonight, thrashing in the dark. Inside you, there's an artist you don't know about. He's not interested in how things look different in moonlight. If you've opened your loving to God's love, you're helping people you don't know and have never seen. Is what I say true? Say yes, quickly. If you know, if you've known it from before the beginning of his universe, there is an artist inside you. Amen. Boy, that was beautiful. Thank you. I love it. Just so... Lovely, just lovely, Lori. Thank you. And it was a great find for the rewards of teaching. Anyway, and I was so grateful to be able to share it today. So, my friends, here's our reading list today. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Karen, Jessica, and Lana. And who else has joined us that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Good morning, Charles here. I can be on the reading list if you like. Oh, Charles, hi. Great, thank you. Hi, good morning, everybody. It's Jude. I'll be listening. Thank you, Lori. Good morning, Judy. You bet. Okay. So, in chapter, I think there's one unmuted line. In chapter 16, The Forgiveness of Illusions, 
We will head out today with section four, the reward of teaching. In paragraph 21, you have taught well, and yet you have not learned how to accept the comfort of your teaching. If you will consider what you have taught and how alien it is to what you thought you knew, you will be compelled to recognize that your capital teacher came from beyond your thought system and so could look upon it fairly and perceive it was untrue. And he must have done so from the basis of a very different thought system and one with nothing in common with yours. For certainly what he has taught and what you have taught through him have nothing in common with what you taught before he came. And the results have been to bring peace where there was pain and suffering has disappeared to be replaced by joy. Alamoine. All right, uh, chapter 16, The Forgiveness of Illusion. <clears throat> Section 4, The Reward of Teaching. You have taught well, and yet you have not learned how to accept the comfort of your teaching. If you will consider what you have taught and how alien it is to what you thought you knew, you will be compelled to recognize that your teacher came from beyond your thought system and so could look upon it fairly and perceive it was untrue. And he must have done so from the basis of a very different thought system and one with nothing in common with yours. <clears throat> For certainly what he has taught and what you have taught through him have nothing in common with what you taught before he came. And the results have, and the results have been, <clears throat> excuse me, and the results have been to bring peace where there was pain and suffering has disappeared to be replaced by joy. Okay. <laughs> I had thought to read this in the first person. And, uh, yeah, I think I kind of have to. Cause that... So, 22, I have taught freedom, but I have not learned how to be free. We once said, by their fruits ye shall know them, and they shall know themselves. For it is certain that I judge myself according to my teaching. The ego's teaching produces immediate results because its decisions are immediately accepted as my choice. And this acceptance means that I am willing to judge myself accordingly. Cause and effect are very clear in the ego's thought system because all my learning has been directed towards establishing the relationship between them. And would I not have faith in what I have so diligently taught myself to believe? Yet remember how much care I have exerted in choosing its witnesses and in avoiding those which spoke for the cause of truth and its effects. 
Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. You have taught freedom, but you have not learned how to be free. We once said, quote, by their fruits you shall know them, and they shall know themselves, unquote. For it is certain that you judge yourself according to your teaching. The ego's teaching produces immediate results because its decisions are immediately accepted as your choice. And this acceptance means that you are willing to judge yourself accordingly. Cause and effect are very clear in the ego's thought system because all your learning has been directed towards establishing the relationship between them. And would you not have faith in what you have so diligently taught yourself to believe? Yet remember how much care you have exerted in choosing its witnesses and in avoiding those which spoke for the cause of truth and its effects. 23. Does not the fact that you have not learned what you have taught show you that you do not perceive the sonship as one? And does it not also show you that you do not regard yourself as one? For it is impossible to teach successfully wholly without conviction. And it is equally impossible that conviction be outside of you. You could never have taught freedom unless you did believe in it. And it must be that what you taught came from yourself. And yet this capital S self, you clearly do not know and do not recognize it even though it functions. What functions must be there? And it is only if you deny what it has done that you could possibly deny its presence. Thank you, Fran. And Karen. 23. Does not the fact that you have not learned what you have taught show you that you do not perceive the sonship as one? And does it not also show you that you do not regard yourself as one? For it is impossible to teach successfully wholly without conviction. And it is equally impossible that conviction be outside of you. You could never have taught freedom unless you did believe in it. And it must be that what you taught came from yourself. And yet this self, capital S self, you clearly do not know and do not recognize. It even... You do not recognize it, even though it functions. And yet this self, you clearly do not know and do not recognize it, even though it functions. What function must be there? And it is only if you deny what it has done that you could possibly deny its presence. 24. This is a course in how to know yourself. You have taught what you are, but have not let what you are teach you. You have been very careful to avoid the obvious and not to see the real cause and effect relationship that is perfectly apparent. Yet within you is everything you taught. What can it be that has not learned it? 
It must be this that is really outside yourself, not by your own projection, but in truth. And it is this that you have taken in that is not you. What you accept into your mind does not really change minds, does not really change them. Illusions are but beliefs in what is not there, and the seeming conflict between truth and illusion can only be resolved by separating yourself from the illusion and not the truth. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica. Thank you, Lori. Um, 24, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. 24 and okay. 25. Um, this is a course in how to know yourself. You have taught what you are, but you have not let what you are teach you. You have been very careful to avoid the obvious and not to see the real cause and effect relationship that is perfectly apparent. Yet without you is everything you taught. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yet within you is everything you taught. What can it be that has not learned it? It must be this that is really outside yourself, not by your own projection, but in truth. And it is this that you have taken in that is not you. What you accept into your mind does not really change them. Illusions are but beliefs in what is not there. And the seeming conflict between truth and illusion can only be resolved by separating yourself from the illusion and not from truth. 25. Your teaching has already done this, for the Holy Spirit is part of you. Created by God, he left neither God nor his creation. He is both God and you, as you are God and him together. For God's answer to the separation added more to you than you tried to take away. He protected both your creations and you together, keeping one with you what you would exclude. And they will take the place of what you took in to replace them. They are quite real as part of the true self you do not know. And they communicate to you through the Holy Spirit and their power and gratitude to you. Wait a minute. And their power and gratitude to you for their creation, they offer gladly to your teaching of yourself who is their home. You who are host to God are also host to them. For nothing real has ever left the mind of its creator, and what is not real was never there. Yikes. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. 
and Layla. Okay, 25. Your teaching has already done this, for the Holy Spirit is part of you. Created by God, he left neither God nor his creation. He is both God and you, and you as you are God and him together. For God's answer to the separation added more to you than you tried to take away. He protected both your creations and you together, keeping one with you what you would exclude. And they will take the place of what you took in to replace them. They are quite real as part of the true self you do not know. And they communicate to you through the Holy Spirit and their power and gratitude to you for their creation they offer gladly to your teaching of yourself, who is their home. You who are host to God are also host to them, for nothing real has ever left the mind of its creator, and what is not real was never there. 26. You are not two selves in conflict. What is beyond God? If you who behold him and whom he holds are the universe, all else must be outside where nothing is. You have taught this, and from far off in the universe, yet not beyond yourself, the witnesses to your teaching have gathered to help you learn. Their gratitude has joined with yours and God's to strengthen your faith in what you taught. For what you taught is true. Alone you stand outside your teaching and apart from it. But within them you must learn that you but taught yourself and learned from the conviction you shared with them. Thank you, Lana. And Charles. Yes, thank you. I am not two selves in conflict. For what is beyond God? If I hold him and whom he holds are the universe and all else must be outside where nothing is, I have taught this, and from far off in the universe, yet not beyond myself. The witnesses to my teachings have gathered to help me learn. Their gratitude has joined with mine and God's to strengthen our faith in what I taught. For what I taught is true. Alone I stand outside my teaching and apart from it, but with them. I must learn that I but taught myself and learned from the conviction I shared with them. This year I will learn to begin to learn and make learning commensurate with teaching. I have chosen this by my own willingness to teach. Though I seem to suffer for it, 
the joy of teaching will yet be mine. For the joy of teaching is the learner who offers it to the teacher in gratitude and shares its teaching is in the learner who offers it to the teacher in gratitude and shares it with him. As I learn my gratitude to my true holy self, who teaches me what he is, I will grow and help honor him. Help me honor him. Thank you, Father. And you will learn his power and strength and purity and love as his Father does. His kingdom has no limits and no end. There is nothing in him that is not perfect and eternal. All this is you. And nothing outside of this is you. Amen. Thank you, Charles. And let's see, do we have a new reader for 27 and 28? Yes, Jude would like to read it. Just a moment, There you go, Judy. Thank you. Thanks, Lemoyne. <laughs> Here we go. To your most holy self, to your most holy capital self, all praise. Judy, Judy. Yes. Could you move back just one paragraph and start with this year? Absolutely. Thank uh, you. Where is it? I'm, I'm, I'm failing to see where you want me to start, Lori. This, oh, this year. Yeah. I've got yes, it. in paragraph 27. Okay. There we go. Ah, this year you will begin to learn and make learning commensurate with teaching. You have chosen this by your own willingness to teach. Though you seem to suffer for it, the joy of teaching will yet be yours. For the joy of teaching is in the learner who offers it to the capital teacher in gratitude and shares it with him. As you learn, your gratitude to your capital self who teaches you what he, he is will grow and help you honor capital him. And you will learn capital his power and strength and purity and love him as his father does. His kingdom has no limits and no end. And there is nothing in him that is not perfect and eternal. All this is you. And nothing outside of this is you. To your most holy self, all praise is due. 
for what you are and for what he is who created you as you are. Sooner or later most must everyone bridge the gap which he imagines exists between himself. Each one builds this bridge which carries him across the gap as soon as he is willing to expend some little effort on behalf of bridging it. His little efforts are powerfully supplanted by the strength of heaven and by the united will of all who make heaven what it is, being joined within it. And so the one who would cross over is literally transported there. Thank you, Judy. And would there be another day reader for 28 and 29? This is Sandra. Thanks, Sandra. To your most holy self, true self, all praise is due for what you are and for what he is who created you as you are. Sooner or later, must everyone bridge the gap which he imagines exists between his selves. Each one builds this bridge which carries him across the gap as soon as he is willing to extend some little effort on behalf of bridging it. His little efforts are powerfully supplemented by the strength of heaven and by the united will of all who make heaven what it is, being joined within it. And so the one who would cross over is literally transported there. 29. Your bridge is builded stronger than you think, and your foot is planted firmly on it. Have no fear that the attraction of those who stand on the other side and wait for you will not draw you safely across. For you will come where you would be and where yourself, true self, awaits you. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. And would it be a new reader then to finish today with paragraph 29? New reader for paragraph 29. Okay, Lemoyne, back to you. Your bridge is builded stronger than you think, and your foot is planted firmly on it. Have no fear that the attraction of those who stand on the other side and wait for you will not draw you safely across, for you will come where you would be and where your Christ self awaits you. Thank you, Lemoyne. And uh, my goodness sakes, I have so many uh, red brackets around uh, what seems like a summary. I couldn't possibly do it without reading the whole thing over. Um, I wonder if we don't have time to reverse the order and do it again 
from the backside uh, of the reading list. Does that sound okay to everyone? Yeah. Sounds okay One to me. Paragraph at a time. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. I'm not going to be able to, sorry, I'm not near my book. It's in the other room, but I will be listening. Okay. Okay, hi. Thank you. Let's see. So we, after Charles, we had hey. Judy and then, yes? Hi, Ron Marie. Hey, I can, I, I can hop in. Uh, I'm here now. <laughs> well, I was listening, perfect. but I was eating. Okay, so I'll just All right. wait until you call me. I'm going to call you right now. Um, if you'd like to begin our reading list with uh, Section 4, The Reward of Teaching. Okay. Are we doing just one paragraph? One paragraph at a time. One paragraph at a time. Thank you. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Let's see. Four. No, 16. We're, six, we're on 16, right? Oh, here we go. Uh, begin with paragraph 20. 21, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Um, here we go. <clears throat> you, the, let's see. Chapter 16, The Forgiveness of Illusions, uh, 4, The Reward of Teaching, 21. You have taught well, and yet you have not learned how to accept the comfort of your teaching. If you will consider what you have taught and how alien it is to what you thought you knew, you will be compelled to recognize that your teacher came from beyond your thought system and so could look upon it fairly and perceive it was untrue. And he must have done so from the basis of a very different thought system, one with nothing in common with yours. For certainly what he has taught and what you have taught through him have nothing in common with what you taught before he came. And the results have been to bring peace where there was pain and suffering has disappeared to be replaced by joy. Thank you, Rama Marie. Yeah, and Sandra? Uh, 22. You have taught freedom, but you have not learned how to be free. We once said, Be by their fruit, you shall know them, and they shall know themselves. For it is certain that you judge yourself according to your teaching. The ego's teaching produces immediate results because its decisions are immediately accepted as your choice. And this acceptance means that you are willing to judge yourself accordingly. Cause and effect are very clear in the ego's thought system because all your learning has been directed towards establishing the relationship between them. And would you not have faith in what you have so diligently taught yourself to believe? Yet remember how much care you have exerted in choosing its witnesses and in avoiding those who spoke for the cause of truth and its effects. Thank you, Sandra. And Judy, paragraph 23, please. Does not the fact that you have not learned what you have taught show you that you do not perceive the sonship as one 
And does it not also show you that you do not regard yourself as one, for it is impossible to teach successfully wholly without conviction. And it is equally impossible that conviction be outside of you. You could never have taught freedom unless you did believe in it, and it must be that what you taught came from yourself. And yet, this capital self, you clearly do not know and do not recognize it, capital it, even though capital it functions. What functions must be there, and it is only if you deny what capital it has done that you could possibly deny capital its capital presence. Thank you, Judy. And Charles. This is a course in how to know yourself. You have taught what you are, by have, but have not yet let what you are teach you. You have been very careful to avoid the obvious and not to see the real cause and effect relationship that is perfectly apparent. Yet within you is everything you taught. What can it be that has not learned it? It must be that, it must be this that is really outside yourself not by your own protection, but in truth. And it is this that you have taken in that is not you. What you accept in your minds does not really change them. Illusions are but beliefs in what is not there. And the seeming conflict between truth and illusion can only be resolved by separating yourself from the illusion and not from truth. Thank you, Charles. And Jessica. Okay. Um, 25, right? <laughs> yes. You're teaching... Thank you. Your teaching has already done this, for the Holy Spirit is part of you. Created by God, he left neither God nor his creation. He is both God and you, as you are God and him together. For God's answer to the separation added more to you than you tried to take away. He protected both your creations and you together, keeping one with you what you would exclude. And they will take the place of what you took in to replace them. They are quite real as part of the true self you do not know. And they communicate to you through the Holy Spirit and their power and gratitude to you for their creation, they offer gladly to your teaching of yourself, who is their home. You who are host to God are also host to them. 
For nothing real has ever left the mind of its creator, and what is not real was never there. Thank you, Jessica. Karen. 26. You are not two selves in conflict. What is beyond God? If you who hold him and whom he holds are the universe, all else must be outside where nothing is. You have taught this, and from far off in the universe, yet not beyond yourself, the witnesses to your teaching have gathered to help you learn. Their gratitude has joined with yours and God's to strengthen your faith in what you taught. For what you taught is true. Alone you stand outside your teaching and apart from it. But with them you must learn that you but taught yourself and learned from the conviction you shared with them. Thank you, Karen. And Fran. 27. This year you will begin to learn and make learning commensurate with teaching. You have chosen this by your own willingness to teach. Though you seem to suffer for it, the joy of teaching will yet be yours. For the joy of teaching is in the learner who offers it to the teacher in gratitude and shares it with him. As you learn, your gratitude to yourself, who teaches you what he is, will grow and help you honor him, and you will learn his power and strength and purity and love him as his father does. His kingdom has no limits and no end, and there is nothing in him that is not perfect and eternal. All this is you, and nothing outside of this is you. Thank you, Fran. And let's see, Lemoyne. To your most holy self, all praise is due for what you are and for what he is who created you as you are. Sooner or later, it must everyone bridge the gap which he imagines exists between his cells. Each one builds this bridge which carries him across the gap as soon as he is willing to expend some little effort on behalf of bridging it. His little efforts are powerfully supplemented by the strength of heaven and by the united will of all who make heaven what it is being joined within it. And so the one who would cross over is literally transported there. Thank you, Lemoyne. And would there be a new reader to finish now with paragraph 29? I'll give it a try. Thank you, your bridge is built, it's stronger than you think, and your foot is planted firmly on it. Have no fear that the attraction of those who stand on the other side and wait for you 
will not draw you safely across, for you will come where you would be and where yourself awaits you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Harrison. And thank you, everyone who read this again and uh, everyone who joins. So grateful. And we uh, finish precisely, perfectly at the top of the hour. So, Fran, um, please walk us through our final review lesson in Section 5. Thank you, Laurie. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we are at the end of Review 5. And today, we are on Lesson 180. And, and in one, one Lesson 180, we're going to review 169, By Grace I Live, By Grace I Am Released, and 170, There Is No Cruelty in God and None in Me. So I'm going to read some from the introduction. This is our last day of it, and I have truly loved this introduction. Steady our feet, our Father. Let our doubts be quiet and our holy minds be still and speak to us. We have no words to give to you. We would but listen to your word and make it ours. Lead our practicing as does a father lead a little child along a way he does not understand. Yet does he follow, sure that he is safe because his father leads the way for him. So do we bring our charges practicing to you. And if we stumble, you will raise us up. If we forget the way, we count upon your sure remembering. We wander off, but you will not forget to call us back. Quicken our footsteps now, that we may walk more certainly and quickly unto you. And we accept the word you offer us to unify our practicing as we review the thoughts that you have given us. I take the journey with you, for I share your doubts and fears a little while, that you may come to me who recognize the road by which all fears and doubts are overcome. We walk together. We remind the world that it is free of all illusions every time we say, God is but love, and therefore so am I. We use the words and try and try again to go beyond them to their meaning, which is far beyond their sound. The sound grows dim and disappears as we approach the source of meaning. It is here that we find rest. Now we'll go to the lesson and do our five-minute practice. Lesson 180. God is but love, and therefore so am I. By grace I live, by grace I am released. God is but love, and therefore so am I. There is no cruelty in God, and none in me. God is but love, and therefore so am I.
Lesson 180, God is but love, and therefore so am I. By grace I live, by grace I am released. God is but love, and therefore so am I. There is no cruelty in God, and none in me. God is but love, and therefore so am I. Amen. Oh, man. Oh, man. You transmitted that, friend. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Thank Thank you, you, friend. Thank you, guys. Good morning, Ms. Karen. I had um, a couple couple quick thoughts. Um, In the beginning of the chapter, uh, it talked about empathy. And it was saying, gently step aside. Just gently step aside. And ask the Holy Spirit to speak through you. Ask the Holy Spirit to act through you. And um, I've been practicing it since Tuesday when we read that. And it's really wonderful. You know, the, the story is coming at me. And I just gently step aside and ask the Holy Spirit, to uh, take over and it's like I just step aside like it says step aside from the world and in my own inner world I've been 
experiencing the conflict between false self of my ego mind and my true self. And I understand that my false self is, it's a fool, right? And you don't follow a fool and you don't follow a blind person to guide you where to go. And that's kind of like what happens when I follow my ego mind. But on some level, I'm empowering it because I feel like, uh, you know, it has to be undone by the Holy Spirit. I have to put it on the inner altar. So I'm going through this ritual of fighting it. And instead of gently stepping aside, so by grace, I live by grace, I am released. It's really just gently stepping aside and and sitting in the peace of God is but love and therefore so am I. And just a little while ago, um, something happened and I felt like uh, irritated. And I thought, oh, there's no cruelty in God, so there's no cruelty in me. And instead of like going through the whole ritual of saying, Oh, Holy Spirit, this is my ego, this is my evil self, this is my, you know, false self, and it feels so awful, and all of that, instead of all of that, there's no cruelty in God, there's no cruelty in me, gently step aside and just ignore it. Well, not ignore it, but, you know, yeah, I noted it, but it's not real. I'm okay. I'm complete. Oh, that was beautiful, Karen. Just beautiful. Yeah. And it, you remind me of um, when he talks about the two thought systems more clearly. He makes the he gives us the advice. Whatever it is you believe, uh, step away from it. He says it really clearly, exactly like that. Step away from it and side with. Step away from separation and side with truth, step away from fear and side with love. Um, that tiny little bit of willingness is what the emphasis is on. I'll just step away and side with. Uh, so you expressed it just perfectly. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Karen. Yes. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Laurie. Beautiful sharing. Thank you, Lori, for reflecting it back that you got what I said. And I know it's so simple, and I know it's so obvious, and it's been said so many times, but it's just as if it just clicked. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is how we teach ourselves, huh? Thank you. Good morning, this is Sandra, and I really appreciate here, Karen, and also this stepping aside for me is the power of decision. That's what, you know, my willingness to step aside is my power of decision. And there is no cruelty in God, but there is cruelty in the ego. And um, it's it's my power of decision of what it, where's my identity? Is it with my ego? Because I have an ego. I'm capable of being cruel. And so are we all, because everybody on this call still has an ego, as far as I can see and experience. 
Um, and that's only the only reason I experience that is because I still have an ego. So, um, but it's it's okay. I don't have to judge myself because I still have an ego. Because above all, above the ego, above everything, is that power of decision. Will I align with my true self, with the truth of who I am? Which is, I am love loving and lovable or do I align with my small self my my immature self and want to get even want to be right you know just and that's still operational it's just I need to notice it turn it over to my Holy Spirit and ask to be shown the truth and then I'm back to God is but love, and therefore so am I. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah. Very well said. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Thank Sandra. You. It was really meaningful. Your share was really meaningful. I know you don't like us to say thank you, but thank you. <laughs> it's so meaningful. All your shares are so great. Thank you. Yes, thank you. This is Robin Marie. <clears throat> and wanted people to know that my son did get antibiotics for his finger. But it was interesting to me, like I uh, yesterday I said, okay, well, you know, it's his finger. He's got to figure it out for himself. I'm not going to worry about it because I've prayed and my friends have prayed and the Holy Spirit's in control. And then I found myself waking up every hour last night because my body was still kind of worried about that you know (laughs) my brain was okay but my body was like so there is something that the body does that I don't particularly like (laughs) which is holding on to the chemicals that you know are started when we start worrying about anything so but anyway I just wanted to thank you for um, your support, and I'm enjoying these shares. Thank you. Thank you, Robert Marie, and thank you for um, letting us know the good news um, about your son. I'm grateful. Thank you, Robin Marie. I'm happy to hear that, too. My, fa- my daughter had a finger emergency a few weeks ago um, <laughs> um, through my worry and I think I um, made it spread throughout her body she ended up in the hospital for a few days but you know it is it is you can especially a mother-child connection is uh, so powerful <laughs> um, it's the most special relationship I think we can have in this world so or a father's uh, child relationship too I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. I just wanted to thank Robin, just to say thank you to Robin Marie, because I think that you said, you know, the body, the body and what it's doing can sometimes really throw me off and I have to practice 
learning to uh, step aside from that, you know, giving my fear to it, giving my power to it, being able to hold it and allow it and be with it and accept it without going into fear and everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Being here now. (laughs) Thank you. Beautiful dialogue. Thanks, you guys. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, this section, uh, pointed my mind to the place where it really doesn't want to go. You know, it really doesn't, and I'm so glad that Jesus in this section, I think, uh, whoops, in paragraph 25, he reminds me that for the Holy Spirit is part of you, created by God, he left neither God nor his creation. He is both God and you, as you are God and him together, or God's answer to the separation. You know, it, it, the Holy Spirit, um, well, the ego doesn't want me to remember that um, the Holy Spirit is part of me. It's, it's one with me. It's that part of my mind that is still in communication with God. And the ego does not want me to hear or acknowledge its unreality. Um, somewhere, you know, in, within the separation, the idea of separation, I've misidentified myself to think it's an ego, to think I am an ego. And this is just a misidentification of self. It doesn't mean that the, even though the ego is experienced as real, um, it is not real. It is not real. And I can't remind myself enough of that because the more reality I give to the idea of an ego, the more real it shows up in my experience as something I have to do battle with or overcome. Um, And uh, who I truly am is one with God, one with Holy Spirit. You know, Holy Spirit is my right-mindedness, Jesus tells me. So it is me. It's not something outside of me. What is outside of me and what is outside of God's universe and God itself is the idea of an ego. That's outside, and and he discusses that in this section. It's not a part of me. I've taken something that doesn't exist brought it into my awareness and came to believe that it is who I am. So um, for me, you know, this teaching and learning is so fundamental, you know, because when, when, I, uh, when I sit with Jesus in the morning in my writing, I know he's speaking to me, for me, for my learning. You know, it's not for anything else. But in sharing it, you know, sharing it and writing about it and sharing it on Facebook. And it's a way to strengthen it within me. You know, it's, it doesn't do any good for Holy Spirit to teach me anything if, if I don't accept it for myself first and foremost. 
and know that um, I'm not separate from anybody or anything in God's creation, that um, we're a singular unit, and in, in unity I exist. So whenever I try to go wandering alone in life, thinking that it's all up to me and you know, do or die, Lana. <laughs> Accept this, or 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 remain in hell. You know, that's a heavy burden to put on oneself, and and I and I found it's not necessary because I also discovered that uh, that love is the remedy. Love is the inspiration for miracles. You know, love love is the curative, the, the remedy for anything that seems unlike itself. So whenever the slightest hint of discomfort or disharmony shows up in my awareness, I know, I recognize that at some point I've made the wrong choice. You know, I've accepted a false identity that has nothing to do with the purity and sanctity and holiness of who I truly am as a creation of God. So it's um, a memory problem more than anything else. There's a part of my mind that's forgotten who it is, but there's also a part of my mind that remembers and knows everything. And when I can tap into that and align my, myself with that truth of me, you know, then God just does all the rest. It really is uh, noticing that I've misidentified myself and taking that self and stepping aside you know, as, you know, it's been beautifully shared this morning, just stepping aside and letting, let God, let the Holy Spirit, let the truth of me, which is all one with them, show me the way. I don't have to struggle on my own by myself and figure anything of this out. In fact, the more I disassociate with the idea that an ego is real, the sooner there's a space opened up in my mind for the light to shine in. You know, it's just more of an acknowledgement. Oops, I did it again. (laughs) It's not a judgment or a punishment. It's just, oops, I did it again. And eventually, the oopses become fewer and fewer, and the light shines more and more, and the peaceful state becomes more consistent. And there are... it's it's a matter of just interrupting my thought pattern. It's it's like just stopping, just stopping in mid-pain, whatever it is, and saying, no, no, I'm not going to buy into this this time. I'm not going to be deceived. I'm not going to be taught by the ego instead of being taught by God. And And really, the teaching is just a memory returning of the truth. Um, because, you know, as the Course of Love says, you know, it's already accomplished. And the only um, thing that's happened is we've forgotten. And, um, you know, so anyway, uh, this this section was really a good reminder for me today um, just to come back to home base, <laughs> mission control, which is my mind, and point it in the right direction and then step aside and let God reveal itself, let, let truth unfold before me. It doesn't require anything of me. In fact, that is the requirement, that I step aside and let, let God lead. So I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Lana.
That was so Thank lovely. You. Yeah. Lynn, that was, that great. was so potent. Thank you so much. Especially the part about you explaining in the reading today where it said that you make something outside and bring it in. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on the call. That was amazing. Oh, thank you, Scott. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And uh, I will just say, from my personal interaction with this section, it's uh, probably one of the most powerful and transformative in the book. And I wanted so much to understand it. And I'm so grateful that it's still being revealed to me. Um, but I will just begin with that very first paragraph because that's the one that spoke to me most potently when I first wanted to understand this. I, I pictured myself in uh, Helen's place. Here she is, um, a depth psychologist, uh, having practiced helping people all her life. Um, and she's sitting, listening to the voice of Christ talking to her. And he says, I'm picturing this, and he says, you have taught well, and yet you've not learned how to accept the comfort of your teaching. And um, the more I sit with that, the more... It speaks to me. You have taught well. I, I have to go back to what is teaching and what is learning. Teaching and learning are one, he says. And projection being a law of mind, you're always teaching what you are. You always are. You're teaching the thought system that you believe is true. Either the thought system of separation or the thought system of love. But projection is the same as teaching. I'm always expressing. What am I expressing? And here she is. You have taught well, but have not let yourself accept the comfort of your teaching. He could have said, you have loved well, but have not learned to accept that you are love. Later on, he says, you've taught well, but the difference... And what I want you to know and, and what you know is that your teaching's been directed away from you. You know, you've you've seen this other person as another person. What if what if you have taught love well but have not allowed yourself to accept the comfort of love? When you're um this is intensely personal, so I'll try not to cry, but the one year I really wanted to learn this, um, 
I had a patient years ago that I, I just loved so much. He was the, he was one of the finest men I ever met in a fine family and, and just a loving man who every day I was taking care of him. He laid in his bed and spoke to me as if he was taking care of me. His name was Merv. And, and Merv passed on uh, from his body. But the year I wanted to understand this, it's like the spirit of Merv talked to me and said, yes, and every time you came in, I saw you as love. <laughs> I saw him as love. He saw me as love. And that year, this teaching opened up to me. And... Um, and it's this thing that you've accepted in that is not you uh, that causes you all your trouble. Remember, uh, I am entrusted with the gifts of God. Um, we are God's gifts to each other, it turns out, because it's only by recognition of love in each other that we recognize we are love. That's why he says the Holy Spirit is you he is both he's part of you he's within you he's both God and you there is a holiness and by holiness I don't mean some other abstract um, idea of perfection that's out there but not attainable I mean holiness as wholeness WHO L-E-N-E-S-S. Love is the one thing that unites us. It's the one experience that we can all enter into and understand at the same time. If I say love, mind goes instantly to having loved and been loved. We understand what that is. Maybe not in its entire beauty, but opening the mind to the fact that God is but love and therefore so am I opens an entire new world and it turns out that I am both teacher and learner and the only one I'm teaching is myself isn't that something I'm both teacher and learner and the only one I'm teaching is myself and that's what he means by this this bridge the bridge of love the thing we all identify with is calling it's calling from all throughout the universe and the only thing that we need to let go of is the fact that there's this thought system of separation and he says it so clearly you are not two selves in conflict there's just one self capital self the Christ self that we can all identify with identify with love and you are safe identify with love in your home identify with love and find your capitalist self love is love is always calling and when I step away from the idea of separation the opposite of love the thing that doesn't exist I find unity because I never forgot it you know we all 
you've met little children, you know, little children that are so innocent and playful. And, and it's as if they know that they came straight from heaven and there's no such thing as other than heaven. You know, we all know that. That's love. That's truth. And when I um, identify with the thought system of truth, what I'm really saying is, I accept God's purpose here. God's purpose is love. And then I start to understand. I can step away, I love that phrase, and side with love. What would love say? What would love teach? What would love have me do? What would love have me see? What would love have me speak? What would love have me do? You know, love is not a doer. Love is the natural expression of truth. It's natural. It's so natural we all know what it is. It's my denial of that. It's my dissociation from it that interferes with me. But when I accept God's purpose, a world will open up to me. Um, a world where anything is possible, where love does everything, where love will show me, teach me, allow me to follow it. And I can step back this idea of separation. I realize it's the stranger that I took in that interferes with me. I'm always home. And the I that I am is so much more than I ever thought just like you is a plural uh, this I is is a multiplicity of love and I can side with it by accepting God's purpose this is a course in love he says in chapter 9 because it's a course about you do I accept that purpose Everything after that follows because love is always calling. I'm complete. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. Oh, thank you. That was beautiful. Wonderful, Lori. Just wonderful. This is Ida. My life has been getting more and more simple and basic as time goes by as far as what I care about. I was really enthralled with having a cup of strawberry applesauce for breakfast this morning. Um, But uh, I notice sometimes I really don't love myself. I don't even like myself. And... I think I know myself better than anyone except God himself. But uh, it's time for, you know, in spite of everything I've studied in the course for over 30 years, and um, it's time for me to really embrace love now, just like the way we're saying, because for myself and everybody else, because if I don't, the life that's waiting for me, as she was mentioning, will not work. I won't have it. Because that life must include a whole lot of love. 
Um, so I don't know if I can really put things and explain everything in the course the way Lee can and Lori and Lana and Lemoyne. Uh, they're, they're all L words. That's cool. But um, L is three, and three is creativity and, and using the mind, and you all certainly do. But um, I don't know. I don't know what the point of this whole thing is. I think it, the main point was, yeah, that I really need to embrace love now. Otherwise, oh, otherwise my life, <clears throat> excuse me, I missed a lot of sleep last night. Otherwise, my life won't work. And I really need for my life to work now because somehow this is the you know, creme de la creme or whatever of the highlight of all these years of growing and maturity and da 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 da. I sense that. So I'm making that pledge to you as a way of making it to myself, of course. But that is what I intend to do is really embrace love for myself and everybody. Thank you. I'm complete. Okay, Thank you. That was a real gift, honey. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and you make a really good point. You know, love is some um, like Laurie was saying. It, it's our natural self. Uh, when we, when I function within the truth of love, I'm in harmony with myself. It's only when I go against my true nature that I suffer, that I'm afraid or worried or or not at peace. When I align with the truth of me things that go smoothly because it's all one beautiful song in perfect harmony with itself. And, um, and, uh, and it's so easy to forget that, you know. Um, it's, uh, you know, the, the dream is such a strong uh, temptation uh, to draw us away from who we truly are, but we know at the instant it happens because our peace my peace disappears. So I know I made a wrong turn somewhere. So anyway, I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Well good point. Thank you, Lana. Good point. Thank you. Thank you both. All of you. Good morning, this is Sandra and Ida. I just so appreciated your share because I know for myself sometimes this this learning to love myself and caring for myself um, almost appears to be narcissistic, but it's not. It's it's for me. It's if God loves me the way God loves me and doesn't judge me and doesn't condemn me and and sees me as as loved, loving, and lovable then why wouldn't I see myself that way? And also, if other people aren't, aren't treating me in that fashion, why would I want to stay in that arena? I, I don't judge them for their treatment of me because it's, it's the ego that's treating me that way, and the ego is nothing, and it's, you know, um, I don't have to make it real. I can see the innocence in that one. Um, and... Because I can see the innocence in that one, I can see the innocence in myself. You know, um, I was born 
to have an experience of of ego. That's that's why I'm here on this planet was to have an experience of ego and to consciously choose again, <laughs> choose to have a different experience because this egoic experience is not pleasant. You know, I don't I, I don't, you know, I'm not judging it. It's just it's not my preference. It's not the experience that I that I really want to have more than anything I want to have an experience of the divine and the truth of who I am and um, so it's just to you know step aside and allow whatever is coming up to pass through not get attached to it and um, and keep choosing for the truth for the love God is but love, and therefore so am I. That's the truth. I'm complete. Thank you. That's certainly... Thank you so much. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Ida. That was a beautiful dialogue. Well, who haven't we had a chance to hear from today? Or to whom could we pass our talking stick, as we like to, like to say? Can I say one more thing? Of course, Ida. Okay. What I was just thinking was about time periods of our lives and how when I was younger, so much younger than today, um, that's true also, but um, I had kids to raise. I had sometimes had jobs. I had a marriage. I had house to care for, bigger than where I live now, and all these different things going on. But life has sort of uh, made bare, the, the, the bare bones of what really has to be there without all those wonderful things, necessarily, that can be major distractions from looking within. Now I don't have a, a job position. I don't even have grandchildren. I hope soon one day to have some. But anyway, um, and you know, my mom will be 94 at the end of this month, God willing, right? Because you never know when you're this age and your, your parents are that age, they could leave the body at any time. And you kind of, you can't really get ready for that, but you kind of feel like you need to be ready for that eventuality. 
And it, it's that kind of, you know, you, you get divorced, you re- retired, you things kind of, and people move away, and your kids grow up, grow up majorly, majorly, like they're both around 40 now. So what does that make me? Does that make me OLD? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? And those are like some ego thoughts. But um, the wonderful thing about this time in my life is that even though it's, can be a very hard time, is it gives me the opportunity and they get pointed out every day when I study the course with you guys to keep looking at the truth, the truth within, the truth of love, the truth within everybody and everything in the entire cosmos. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. But I look back and see and people who are basically the same person I was when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, I wanted peace in the world, and I still do. When I was a kid, when I was nine years old, I had my first prayer to God that was answered the next day when I finally was able to do the uh, the backwards somersault correctly in gym class and not hurt my neck anymore. So... And I still pray and uh, was taught by parents who weren't real metaphysical. They were on the edge of that, but um, just to have faith uh, in God and do the best you can in life. And I appreciate that. Thanks. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. This is a course in how to know ourselves. <laughs> Holy mackerel. This is the text reading today. Hi, guys. It's Jude. Um, just love the shares. Sorry, I had to bow out for a little bit. But um, the, the ones that I heard in the beginning, um, Karen and Lana and, and Lori and... Um, Eight of them. They are all, you know, unique to individuals, but common to everybody. You know that we have this human experience and um, the irreconcilable knowledge that we're spirit and purely mind, and and how we've never been taught that until the course. And 
studying it hard and practicing the lessons hard the way we have, you know, trying to discipline our minds and recognizing the power of our thoughts and the influence that my thoughts have upon me um, is so beautifully stated in, in that um, first paragraph of the reward of teaching today that, you know, when I came to um, most hopeless and miserable um, house of desperation, my house, my ego house, my ego mind was, you know, it was ready to crash and burn. And I've shared my experience of that 20 years ago that um, brought me to a place of surrender. And they call that the gift of desperation. When are you going to be willing to let your thought system go, Jude? <laughs> this ain't working. It, it, it may have worked for a while, and it may have made you happy for a while, but can you see the truth of that? And, you know, this idea of the egoic thought system being based on selfish, self-centered willfulness that I want my way, and I want things to be my way. Whatever I see, I want to be my way. If I don't like it, I judge it and condemn it. And I make myself miserable because I'm not happy with what is. I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. And this is my problem. Nobody's made this problem except for me. And this is this internal, internal conflict, this internal civil war. Letting that go was like, I mean, I could have laid, I was laying down in a puddle of tears anyways, but when people told me you don't have to believe what you think, I thought that was the greatest thing in the world that I'd ever heard. (laughs) I'm free. I don't believe anything I think. And I came to the course about four years later, and it said the exact same thing. Don't believe a single thing that you think about the world, that you learned in the world. And this, Karen, I love your share today, the first one that you shared about um, the beginning of of the chapter and, you know, that I will sit sit back and let the Holy Spirit judge us for me. I will not bring my past, the knowledge of anything I learned in this world with me now. I'm sitting with a completely empty mind, an empty heart, and open hands. And explain this insane world and this insane body experience I'm having now. And, you know, I, I coast along for a long time in, in, in a no-self, no-body kind of living the Christ-mind experience, but I got pulled back by the intense gravity of this physical experience and into a pain body, and it, it's like a new application of, stuff that I've learned and I've taught, but I need to learn better. So here I am with my little beginner's mind and willingness to be on the floor, an empty pool, calm pool of clear water saying, help me, help me, help me. I don't, I don't understand this. You know, God didn't make this. God didn't create this. I always believed the body was one of the most wonderful of God's creations. Now, the Course is telling me it's a dream. It's an illusory 
imaginative sense of itself. You know, all these are like mind-bending ideas. So, but living it, walking it, where the rubber meets the road, and I think Ida really, you spoke of this to me. I heard you say it. And this is what I'm taking from the lessons, the review of these lessons, that this one self that I am, be still and know I am. And this is where talking about it, when verbalizing it, when language and words make it impossible to understand because it's beyond that. I know the difference. I know the witness. I know the knower of the one who intimately sees me within me suffering and says this need not be. Relax. Don't try. No effort is necessary. Relax. I'm in charge. And just wait and see what wonderful thing happens next. And something's always going to happen next. And I may not like it. (laughs) I may not want it. But the trust, the trust, the trust, the trust is where the comfort and the safety and the protection lies. I am. Be still and know that I am. And that I am with you wherever I go. That I am within you. And that I am your luminosity that helps you to see through the eyes of love, through the eyes of vision, the art of seeing purely and directly what's happening, what are the facts of my experience today without running from it or fighting it, but with a relaxation and, a, and an ease and a comfort that I carry with me. It's the only way I can go because I'm done fighting anything or anybody. It's Fighting my pain body was the last thing, I think, to go. Who knows what's going to show up in the curriculum, though. The um, idea that I'm in opposition to is the fact that I'm at war. And I don't have to think too much about that. I don't have to think too much about the expression that I feel that I'm experiencing. Ing on my face. <laughs> Am I got? Have I got a tickle going here? Am I laugh, laughing? Am I pleased and appreciating my life, even if it's a mess? You know, it's like it may be a mess right now, but I'm loving it. I can't clean my house impeccably the way I used to. And I hear Mindy talking about getting a clean house, and I think. <laughs> Shriek and vain imaginings as far as my ego goes. <laughs> but I've learned to not listen to it. The art of listening, being still enough to listen and hear what it's saying, what it's telling. And is it a fool? Like Karen said, I love that. Am I listening to a fool? Am I, uh, am I following a blind person? who doesn't see anything. I just love that expression, Karen. And I so am just holding that in my heart today. The idea that seeing through the eyes of Christ, 
see through what the book calls vision and to listen to the voice of God and hear it as my one voice. See vision as my one sight. So I'll be swimming in the thought system of God, of Christ, in perfect comfort, perfect safety, no fear, only loving it, whether I like it or not, and truly embracing all of it, whether I like it or not. And, you know, I just love that. That um, I know before he came, I know how I thought he had, had some in common because I don't think, I, you know, the spirit was had ever completely left me. But um, in the end, when I was so totally, cons- more, mostly consumed by a, a selfish, self-centered, I may not be much, but I'm all I'm thinking about ego. Um, <laughs> the voice of God came in, and the voice of truth came in, and the the suffering disappeared to be replaced by joy. How to be free now? How to be free and watch those little hiccups of anger come up, those little um, glimpses of... Um, you know what, a, a knitted, furrowed brow. I can feel my eyebrows going together and looking looking at something <laughs> askew. <laughs> I can feel my body, and my pain body has helped me to do that, experience my own feelings throughout my body immediately in the moment and not cover them by words, abstracted by concepts, thoughts, and words conceal the truth. I know who I am being, how I am being, where I am being, right here and right now. And am I being peaceful? Am I being loving? Am I being kind? Am I being? Am I listening? Am I seeing? I'm. I'm. I'm really willing today. I want to be all that. I want to be. I want to be like my Creator. Love my like my Creator and. Thank you for letting me say it out loud. I I am complete. Amen, Judy. Thank you for saying it out loud. Yes, thank yeah. you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Hmm. What a great call. You say it's not a long journey. You can't step outside yourself to find yourself, but... Shoo, I've been going a long time. <laughs> oh, amen. Okay, you guys. Um, this has been such a great call. Uh, but for the sake of the recording, we have to end somewhere. And there were so many places, I thought. Um, I've just heard so many good things today. But overarching them all, uh, I want to go to the Miracle Principles. It's Miracle Principle number 43. A major contribution of miracles is their strength in releasing man from his misplaced sense of isolation, deprivation, and lack. 
the mind, if it elects to do so, becomes a medium by which the soul creates along the line of its own creation and understand that to create is to love. That's all. To create is to love. If it does not freely elect to do so, it retains its creative potential but places itself under tyrannous rather than genuinely authoritative control. As a result, it imprisons because such are the dictates of tyrants. To change your mind means to place it at the disposal of true capital authority. The miracle is thus a sign that the mind has chosen to be led by Christ in his service. The abundance of Christ is the natural result of choosing to follow him. That's the reward of teaching in a nutshell. Amen. And thank you, everyone, for just a beautiful bunch of reflections on what this one mind is all about. I'm so grateful for you all.